And all God's people said, you can be seated for just a moment. Give me just a little light up here if you can. This song is probably one of my favorites. I, uh, how many of y'all grew up singing that as a little child? Silent night, holy night. I want to give you just a little background about this song. This song was written by a priest in Austria named Joseph Moore. It was not long after the Napoleonic Wars had taken their toll that he was walking through his village and the snow was laid everywhere. It was very quiet and and inspired him. Even in the midst of all the horrific actions of war that there always is, it was at peace. So in Christmas Eve, 1818, this now famous carol was first performed. Joseph Moore, the young priest, wrote the lyrics, and he played with a guitar and sang along with Franz Gruber, the choir director who had written the melody. An organ builder happened to be there that night, and he took the copies in the six-verse song to his home village. From there, it picked up and spread by two families traveling uh, across Europe who performed uh, all these songs. And in 1834, the Strasser family performed it for the King of Prussia. In 1839, the Rainer family of singers debuted the carol outside Trinity Church in New York City. The composition evolved and was translated into over 300 languages with many different arrangements for various voices and ensembles. It was sung in churches and town squares all over the world. But it never had an impact like it had in Christmas Eve, 1914. Christmas Eve, 1914. It's in the middle of of trench warfare, World War I. There were places, it's, it's very different than it is today. You know, today we have satellites and guided missiles and but in that day they were in trenches sometimes not even 60 feet apart 60 yards apart and and it was brutal it was it was really hell on earth on one side you had the germans on the other side you had the english and the and the french in some places and in the middle was called no man's land where if you step foot in it you'd be shot or killed And it was littered, it was littered with bodies. And in that moment, in Christmas Eve, one of the officers in the German army, he was a a tenor singer in the Berlin Opera. His name was Walter Kirchhoff. He came forward. He came forward and he began to sing Silent Night, Holy Night. He sang in German. And then he sang in English. In the clear cold night of Christmas Eve, his voice carried very far. The shooting stopped. And in that silence, he sang and the British knew the song. And so they began to sing back. Gradually, the troops crawled forward into no man's land. The song had a deep impact on many of the soldiers. Soldiers even wrote home the day after to their families, to to their wives and to their parents saying, you won't believe this. It was like a waking dream. 
The Germans placed candles on their trenches and on their Christmas trees. Then continued celebration by singing Christmas carols. The British responded by singing carols of their own and the two sides continued by shouting Christmas greetings to each other. Soon thereafter, there were excursions across no man's land where small gifts were exchanged, such as food, tobacco, or alcohol. Souvenirs such as buttons and hats. The artillery in the region fell silent. The truce also allowed a breathing spell where recently killed soldiers could be brought back behind their lines by burial parties. Joint services were held. And in many sectors, the truce lasted through Christmas night, continuing on until New Year's Day. Bruce Bain's father, who served throughout the war, wrote, I wouldn't have missed that unique and weird Christmas day for anything. I spotted a German officer, some sort of lieutenant, I should think. And being a bit of a collector, I intimated to him that I had taken a fancy to some of his buttons. I brought out my wire clippers and with a few deft snips, removed a couple of his buttons and put them in my pocket. I then gave him two of mine in exchange. The last I saw was one of my machine gunners, who was a bit of an amateur hairdresser in civil life, cutting the unnaturally long hair of a docile German soldier who was patiently kneeling on the ground while the automatic clippers crept up the back of his neck. In the middle of hell, in the middle of war, in the middle of fighting, they begin to focus on a song. And that song focused on a baby. And that baby is not just any baby. But that baby is the baby that was promised. The prophet Isaiah said, for unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. Somebody say amen. The government shall be upon his shoulder. It says he shall be called. Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I want to read the Christmas story. The Christmas story is found in Luke chapter number two. It says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, say it with me, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth and on earth goodwill toward men. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful. I'm thankful for that baby that was born in Bethlehem. I'm thankful that he has the power to bring peace in a tumultuous time, in a time where there really seems to be no peace. Lord, there's no peace in politics. There's no peace in culture. There's no peace in this world. You said it true when there'd be wars and rumors of wars, fighting. Lord, we have fighting in our country. We have, our country's never been as divided as it is today. It's causing families to be divided, friends to be divided. Lord, we have so many people that's living in turmoil. They don't have any peace. Lord, today I pray that you will help me, help them find the peace that only comes from you. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. 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 Isn't the Lord good? I was thinking about what the Lord wanted me to share today. And this song, this song, I, I was riding down the road. <clears throat> I was riding down the road and the story came on the radio about this song. And man, it, it just, it touched my heart. And I thought, boy, that's what we need. Man, if there's anything that our world needs today, it's peace. You know, we may, we may not be in trench warfare, but if the truth be known, I mean, let's think about it, guys. Let's think about it. You, you, see, you see the news. You, you hear what's going on in our societies. You hear what's going on in our world. Hey, hey, we don't have to go very far. All we got to do is look at our local news. I mean, we've had tragedies. Unbelievable tragedies. It's hard to fathom in just this past year. And people are looking for peace. People try to find peace in alcohol. People try to find peace in, in, in drugs. People try to find peace in, in hobbies and they try to find peace in, in uh, just everything that this world throws at them. And they're kind of like Solomon. They've looked and they've searched and they found none. And I begin to I begin to think about peace. The Bible says that the angels declared we've got good news. We've got good news. Are you all with me? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Say it with me on earth. Peace. Peace, goodwill toward men. He said he would be the prince of peace. Isaiah did. He came. He came. And I begin to think and God begin to instill in my heart the kind of peace you need before you leave here. There's two, there's two 
types of peace that Jesus offers to you today. Two types of peace. And you got to have them. You got to have both. You got to have both. And I want to share this with you. Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, I I put some notes out there for you because I know I wasn't going to do notes because this was kind of, but, but some of y'all would cry. So I made them. All right. (laughs) Look what it says. I, I, I wrote, I wrote here the notes and and, and I want to just read. You don't have to turn there. If you want to, you can. But in Romans chapter number five, it says in verse number one, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. God. Say that with me. Peace. So what kind of peace do we need preacher? First off, First off, before you have any other kind of peace, you have to have peace with God. Peace with God. You say, well, why would I need peace with God? God's love and, and God is, he's, he's the God of mercy and he's the God of, of, of love. God loves the whole world. And, and well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If you keep reading in, in Romans chapter number five, the Bible says this. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved, watch this word, from wrath. wrath. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, now what, why would we have to experience wrath? Four, verse 10. For if when we were enemies, enemies, you know what Paul is teaching us here? That when you come into this world, you arrive on the wrong side. You arrive as an enemy of God. Do you realize that, that God declared war on sin and evil and wickedness. He declared sin or, or, or war on iniquity and all those that follow it were enemies. We were enemies to God. Enemies to God. Now keep that in mind. That's so important for us to see. So many times because of false teaching and false preaching, people have the wrong idea of where they stand with God. If you are without Christ, you are in the enemy's camp. You are an enemy to a holy God. There are four creatures around the throne daily, 24 seven, every day of the week that cry, holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is infinitely pure. He is infinitely righteous. He is infinitely holy. And we are sinners. There is none righteous. No, not one for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of our sin and because of his holiness, we are separated. We are enemies to God, but I've got good news. He don't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay an enemy. He loves you. Even though you're his enemy, he loves you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Look what it says. We see the necessity of this peace. We're enemies. An enemy is a foe, is an adversary. So we not only see the necessity of this peace, but we see the provision for this peace. What do he do? The Bible says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, say it with me, Christ died for us. 
much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled. In other words, a peace treaty was signed. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. The provision for peace is the death of his son. Colossians 1.20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this, that on the cross of Calvary, Jesus wrote a peace treaty. And on the cross, he provided a way for you to have peace with God. Are y'all with me? Peace with God. To know that you can lay your head on your pillow and know that you and God are okay. That you and God are at peace and you are, God are in fellowship. The provision for that is the cross. And by the way, the only thing that can bring that peace is the cross. The only thing that can bring that peace is the sacrifice of his dearly beloved son. It, he's, God's not good to us because of us, because our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes. God is good to us because of his son. And because of his son, I can be at peace with God. I can know I'm in good standing with God. Are y'all with me? That's what it means to have peace with God. No, we're good. We're good. Look at this. Number three or C. Only have two points. You ain't got to fear. Say amen. But I have six subs. Okay. All right. The necessity of this peace were enemies. The provision for this peace, the death of his son, the means to this peace. How do we get this peace with God? Verse number one, verse number one, therefore being justified by, say it with me, justified by We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. You get that? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate this. <clears throat> you three gentlemen, come, come with me real quick. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> all right. You'll be God. You're kin to Johnny. You're the sinner. <clears throat> Since since you're the brother of God, we'll let you be the son. All right. All right. All right. Everybody come, come here. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, whether you grew up religious, whether you grew up a preacher's kid or whether you grew up a a, a drug dealer's kid, it don't matter who you are. It don't matter if you was raised in church or raised in a crack house. It doesn't matter if you was raised in the White House or in Waffle House. I'm trying to get this across to you. Everybody, say it with me. Say it with me. Everybody is a sinner and is not on good terms with God. Why? 
because he's holy and we're not. We're not. No matter who you are. It's funny to me how people can walk around and think they're better than other people when they're all in the same place. We're all in the same place. We're all in the same boat. We're all enemies to God. But see, here's what happens. Even though we're enemies, God loved him. And see, God knew that the sinner, the enemy, couldn't do nothing to change his condition. He couldn't do nothing to get on good terms with God. So he sent his son to come to be where the sinner was and transfer the sin from the sinner to the Savior. And then on the cross of Calvary, the Savior paid the debt of the sinner. I'm feeling a little preach right there. Amen. Hey, and because of that, we, the sinner, can come to God, not by our righteousness, not by our good deeds, but because of the righteousness of the son. And so watch this now. Step aside, step aside, step aside. God is going to be at peace with the sinner, not because of the sinner, but because of the the son. Are y'all with me? So here's what God requires for all you in here that's wanting that peace. You want to know that you're okay with God when you lay your head on your pillow and you go to sleep tonight and you want to make sure everything's good with God. Here's what you got to do. You got, this is what God requires. He's telling the sinner. Now, listen, if you want to be in good terms with me, you got to believe in my son. Therefore, by faith, therefore, by faith. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God is saying today, if you want peace with me, if you want to be on good terms with me, if you want to move from enemy status to friend status, you've got to believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to place your faith in him. Give him your life. Surrender to his lordship in your life. And you can be on good terms with me. And all God's people say it. Now let's clarify this. Let's clarify this. White House, Waffle House, Pent House, State House, Movie House. It don't matter where you're from. You need peace with God. We all do. We're enemies. We're enemies. But God loves us so much. That he sent the one to write the peace treaty. And by the way, he wrote it in his own blood. He took our sins away. He took our sins away. He doesn't, he doesn't ignore our failures, guys. Some people have this misconception about God that, that he loves us. So he's just going to overlook our, our foolishness and our sin. No, he didn't. He punished his own son for every sin of every man. Sin was paid for. But in order for the sinner to be in good terms with the Lord, for God the Father, yes. he's got to place his faith in God Amen. the Son. Amen. And all God's people say it. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise and glory. Amen. Come on up, guys. Amen. Now, let me give you number two. 
Some of y'all, that'll change your life right there today. Just to know you're okay with God. And by the way, by the way, let me say this. Well, does it really matter? Well, let me go back and read a word you might have missed. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he die for us? Because much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Wrath. Now, I don't, I don't think I have to go to Webster's Dictionary to define that word for you. I've told people, I said, are you saved? And a lot of people that don't understand scripture or never studied the scripture, save, save from what? I'll tell you what, wrath. Not just any wrath. Now I've experienced wrath on earth. I've experienced wrath from my father. I've experienced wrath from my wife. But none of that is even close to the wrath of God. Well, I tell you what, what's the wrath of God? I'll I'll give you just a small glimpse. Look at Calvary. Look at what Jesus went through on the cross, the brutality. He was experiencing the wrath of God. So you didn't have to. Why do you need peace with God? Because if you don't have peace with God, you're going to have the wrath of God. One or the other. But the choice is yours. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Now, if, you're, if you have experienced peace with God, you can move on to the next one. You can move on to the next one. And the next one is this, and I'm almost done. The peace of God. Amen. The peace of God. In Philippians, in Philippians, it says this. This is great. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. Watch how it explains it and and describes it, which passeth all understanding. The peace of God passeth all understanding. And what that means is, is you can't figure it out. Yeah. Preacher, what he's talking about, it means this. You could be in the middle of the most hellish situation and the most difficult situation and the most stressful situation and be good. And not be able to explain why. It passes our understanding. I have seen people that had God all over them. And I mean, they, they were going through the, 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 the most deepest tragedy that I'd ever seen. And they were there at total peace. And everybody around them was wondering, how in the world are you handling this situation like you are? I'll tell you why. Because they had a, a peace that they couldn't explain. They had a peace that only comes from God that passeth all understanding. And that peace, according to the scriptures, says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. The word keep there means to stand guard. 
In other words, the peace that he has to offer will stand guard over your mind and all of those thoughts and all of those things that you dread. God will keep them out so you can be at You can't, you can't describe it. You can't explain it. I don't know how. I I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how I'm. Listen. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let me give you three things right here. Here's yourselves. We're we're done right here. We talked about the peace with God. Now we're talking about the peace of God. First, I want you to see the encouragement to believe. Say it with me. The say it again. What is he encouraging us to do? He says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. The word careful there is anxious, anxious, anxiety, stress. Do you realize the the word for worry, the root word for worry is where we get our word strangle from? Strangle, choke out. Y'all with me? Now, look, we're in the Christmas season. We're two days or three days away from, you know, can anybody understand what I mean by that word? You get so overwhelmed with your situation. You get so overwhelmed with your circumstances. You get so overwhelmed with the things of life that they come your way. And it means to pull apart, pull this way and pull that way to the point that it strangles you. It chokes the life out of you. Your faith is pulling this away and your fears are pulling this away. And the devil saying, you can't make it. You're not going to make it. You're going down. And God is over here saying, yes, you are. You can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth you. And in our life, we're being pulled from one to the other. And what he is saying here, be careful for nothing. In other words, let me, let me translate it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. I, if I didn't have the rest of these verses, I would want to look at God and say, really? <laughs> How many of you have been in such a bad situation? I mean, in a real difficult situation and meaning, I mean, families that mean well or friends that mean well, they'll come and say, don't worry about it. And you know what I want to do? Punch them right in the face. Like, why didn't I think of that? I mean, if you could tell me where that switch is, I'll be glad to flip it because I don't want. But see, see, Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. So, so he told you some more stuff. People today will tell you, don't worry, but they won't, they won't tell you how. But God did. He said, let me tell you what to do. Let me tell you what to do. He said, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to live in worry. He said, don't worry. He said, but in everything. Say it with me. But in Everything. everything that makes you worry. Everything that makes you afraid. 
everything that keeps you up at night, everything that makes you want to take a pill. Come on. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Y'all with me? So the encouragement is don't worry. But then the plan to follow. The plan to follow is this. Pray. Pray. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not trying to be smart or arrogant I'm just trying to be as, as upfront and transparent and, and down to earth on everybody's. Here's the thing. Oh, my God is not praying. And sitting at home worrying about it is not praying. Some of us have got the wrong idea of what we think prayer is. Are y'all with me? Prayer is being specific. Prayer is not God help me. That's not prayer. Prayer is this. God, I've got a doctor's appointment at five o'clock. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. I don't have any money. I need your help. Please help me with this. That's prayer. I can't tell you how many people have come to my office for counseling for the difficulty they're going through, whatever situation. And the first thing I usually ask them, have you really sat down and prayed about this? And 90% of the time or more. Well, no, no, not really. Do you realize there is a power available to you as a child of God that we are not tapping into? That there is power in prayer. There is example after example after example all through the New Testament where power of prayer moved things and moved God. I can tell you over and over in my life where I have prayed and asked God to help me with something. I'm telling you, I, I, I told you before a, a couple a couple months ago, I prayed for tires and that night God provided I was walking around the parking lot of this church. I didn't tell one single soul, not one soul. You know, some people, they'll pray and put out a prayer request. And what they're doing is they're letting other people know their needs. So they think that, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't want nobody to know because I wanted to know it came from God. I wanted to prove it in my own life and in my own heart. And I said, God, I won't tell a soul, but I need some tires. Lord, will you help me? That night, God provided. I'm telling you, there's power in prayer that we are not tapping into. He said, make your... Let me ask you a question. If we're going to believe that a holy God will forgive us if we ask him, and, and, and trust our eternal life with it, then why won't we believe him when he says to pray and ask me? Are y'all with me? Here's the plan. Pray. Pray. Go specifically to God with a specific need and watch him shock you. Yeah. Pray. Request. Be specific. And then here's an important part. Here's an important part. Don't do half the plan. Hey, I made, I made, uh, I, 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 we was going to have a, 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 a communion, special communion with our DMD group. And, uh, and, and I, I, uh, 
I got the ingredients and everything off the internet and I was going to make it homemade. It was, it was really cool. And, and I put everything in there and I forgot the salt. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, you need everything. You can't do bits and pieces and think it's going to come out like it should. Watch what else it says. Don't just pray about it. Don't just pray about it. Look what it says now. Let's stay, let's stay biblical. Now, brethren, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report. Say it with me. Whatsoever things are good, good news. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's that word? Think. Think. Come on, say it with me. Say it again. Say it again. Think. Think on these things. And the God of peace will be with you. You see, the, the, the next part of this deal, this plan that God gives you about not worrying, first you've got to pray, then you've got to make a specific request. And then he says this, focus. Say that with me. Focus. Everybody say it. Focus. focus. Focus on what? Good stuff. What sort of things are true? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good report? Y'all with me? Yep. Now, what that means is some of y'all are going to have to turn off Fox News. <clears throat> and God forbid you watch CNN in here. I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't. I, I... Let's just put all news. You know why? Because the only thing they put on there is negative. Because negative sells. But the problem is, is we're, we're ingesting negativity. Regular. Y'all with me? All the time we're listening to it. All the time we're watching it. All the time we're soaking it in. I'm going to use I'm going to use an illustration. Brother Steve, you mind if I put you on the spot? Brother Steve started DMD, and he just made his commitment. I'm turning off all social media. I'm turning off all TV. I'm 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 outlawing it all. I'm just going to focus on my Bible, and I'm going to read, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to spend time with God. Did that change your life? He said, if, if, if we're invaded by the enemy, let me know, because I won't know. <laughs> and all that negativity that was coming in his life is no longer there. The only thing he is ingesting, the only thing he is consuming is positive. The only thing he's bringing in is the positive word of God and the things that are there. Now, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to be as drastic as that because I haven't turned off my news. Okay, I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you this. If you're stressed out every day, if you're worrying yourself to sleep, maybe you need to take some of that negativity out and start focusing on truth. Truth. Good music. I worked with a, a, a construction crew in South Carolina, and they like, they like blues music. Delbert McClinton. And I kind of like blues music, too, but it just makes me want to take a drink. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I haven't taken a drink. Don't look at me that way. I hadn't done it. I said it made me want to. It's depressing, man. That's why they call it the blues. And so I got to work early one day and I brought me, it was a, an old Rollins. I don't know if y'all remember the Rollins, the Rollins CD. And it was one of them, them hyped up ones. I mean, a good one. And boy, I put it in there and I got it playing first before they got there. And we was working 
And so they let that play all day because whatever got there first, you know, and, and it was a totally different, I mean, a totally different atmosphere at work. People were smiling, people were, and they had no idea why. I mean, it really weirded some of them out. You know tell me what happened? Their focus was on something positive, not negative. You want to have the peace of God? Focus on what's true. Because most of the junk that you have in your life is not true. The devil's going to bring 20 lies before the truth comes. And we're so worried about the 20 that's not even true. Y'all with me? Can I use your illustration? My sister called me one day. Freaking out. I'm talking about losing. And, and, and if I'd have known what she knew at that time, I'd have probably been, you know, wigged out too. But I'm big brother and I'm the pastor and I got to be calm and cool and collected. I said, hush. <laughs> I said, I can't understand what you're saying. I mean, just wigging out. And, and, and somebody had called her and said that her daughter was, was, was in trouble and, and, w- and was going to go to prison and done all, all kind of junk. Just, just crazy stuff. And, and I said, listen. What do you know that is a fact? I don't know. I said, is there anybody you trust? You, anybody you trust that will tell you straight up? Yeah. I said, call them and call me back. I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, she called back. She said, you ain't going to believe it. <laughs> and began to explain that it wasn't nothing like the first person said. Now, what's, what's the point I'm trying to make? I, I, I shorten that way a bunch. But the point I'm making is this. Something came into her life that wasn't even true. That had her about to lose her mind. But when she stopped, took a breath, focused and found the. What does he say in that verse? Whatsoever, what's the first thing in the list? Whatsoever things are true. You know why? Because the devil will tell you you're not going to make it. The devil will tell you you're going to go under. The devil's going to tell you you're going to lose your mind. The devil's going to tell you all this negativity. And you know what I found out? According to God's word, he's a liar. Right, right. Let me give you some good Christmas advice. Tell the devil you're a liar. Now go back to hell. Yeah. I saw a sign that says when the devil tells you about your past, remind him of his future. Right. Yeah. And all God's people see it. Let me, let me finish up with this. Let me finish up with this. Look at the assurance. We see the encouragement to believe, the plan to follow. Be specific with God. Start focusing on the positive. Positive. If, if, you, if you listen to negative music, I know you might like it and grew up with it, but turn it off. If you're at, hey, this, this works the same with people. If there's negative people in your life that brings you down every time you get around them, you got to stop getting around. Well, they're my family. <laughs> Send them a card. Yeah. <laughs> toxic people are toxic people. Right. Don't tell them you heard that from me. <clears throat> <laughs> then look at this. Lastly, the assurance to enjoy. Two things that God has promised. Peace of mind and the presence of God. Peace of mind. He says this. He says this. Verse 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep, shall stand guard like soldiers around your mind. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He assures you peace of mind. 
and he assures you the presence of God. It says this in verse nine, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God, watch this now, and the God of shall be. Uh, y'all, y'all don't have it? Is that up here? It says, the God of peace shall be with you. So say that with me. And the God of peace. Now watch in verse seven, he says the peace of God. That's peace of mind. In verse nine, he says the God of peace. shall be with you. That's the presence of God. Now, in closing, I want to illustrate that. And most of you done heard this before. So act like you hadn't. Because we got enough new people in here. <clears throat> we got enough new people in here. This will, this will make a lot of sense. Now, look at me. Now, don't, don't, start, don't start shutting your minds up. You go to shutting your Bibles and you're just ready to go. So I, look at me. When I was a kid, <clears throat> when I was a little kid, we had, we had hogs. We had hogs. I had a, a, a little black and white hog named Arnold. <clears throat> He was my buddy till I found out what happened. <laughs> anyway, in, in our pen, our pen was about, I don't know, 100 yards from the house. And uh, as a little fella, as a little fella, in the dark, it's pretty dark. Y'all with me? And, and, and there was something about having to take, you know, because after dinner, We'd take all the scraps and everything and go give it to the hogs. And there was something about that hundred yards worth of distance between the house and the hog pen and the going wasn't quite so bad. It was that return trip because when you were going, the house was behind you and the lights was behind you. But when you were coming back, it was dark. And man, the the more you come, you, you could feel him after you. And you say, what was him? I don't know what he was. I never saw him. <laughs> but does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've never been scared of the dark. I've been scared of them boogers in the dark. <laughs> and this is, this is what I'm trying to say. That'd be time. And dad knew, dad knew we were scared. Dad knew we were nervous. He said, hey boys, I need you to take this to the hall. He said, he said, I'm going to stand right here and keep my eye on you. Everything will be all right. Now that was, that was an assurance and it was great to know. It was great to know somewhat that he was going to watch us get eaten by whatever was out there. (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) Now I appreciated his promise. I really did. I appreciated his promise and that was an assurance He said, I'm going to keep my eye on you. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be all right. That's, that's, that's an assurance. That's a promise. That's, that's the peace of God. But then sometimes he'd say, boys, y'all want me to go with you? Lord, yeah. (laughs) And see, he'd be beside us. That's, that's the God of peace. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, it's one thing for God to tell you everything's going to be all right. But it's a whole nother story to feel him wrap his arms around you and carry you through your trouble. He said, I'm not only going to give you an assurance, I'm not only going to give you peace of mind. I'm just going to walk through it with you. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Can we give God praise and glory and honor? Yes. Now look here. I don't went way over time, but let me say this one thing. Don't expect. Now say with me, turn me up, turn me up. I need everybody to hear this. Everybody. Don't expect to have the peace of God. If you're not at peace with God. Because if you're not at peace with God, you're an enemy. And today, you need to get on the right side. By faith, by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.